Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Jason Keelan from the Loaf of Bread podcast. Big Westmead fan himself, and I suppose no better week to uh, to get a Westmead man after, I suppose, the weekend that we just had with the Westmead hurlers and, of course, obviously the Westmead footballers in action this weekend against Armagh. So, Jason, I'd say, like, has the, the celebrations died down yet since uh, Westmead's win against Wexford? Uh, or are the celebrations still ongoing? Or how's things, how's things looking? Yeah, it's uh, thanks for having me as well, Aaron. Appreciate it. Um, the celebrations, I suppose, those took a while to get going because I think a lot of people were just kind of, you know, still waiting to wake up from dream that they thought it happened. Um, I was using the Father Ted Dreams Reality board that Doodle had back in the day as my kind of, you know, what's going on. Um, yeah, good week for West Man to be on. I don't fancy I'll be coming back on next week to talk about another Westmead <laughs> victory, sadly. Um, much as I'd love to, but uh, I can only see this weekend, sadly, going one way. But, um, you know, I've had so many debates with people about is is this a reward for Westmead really win the Talchin Cup and been stuck in with this? You know, yeah, it's great to play the big teams, but realistically, we're, we are the whipping boys of this group. People, you know, could be very optimistic. I'm very much realist where I'm looking at Armaha, go away to our owner, and I'm just thinking, like, where's the res- any result coming in this? But sure, look, it is what it is. See what Armaha brings. Yeah, I suppose, like, as I've seen David Brady was obviously talking there on yeah. off the ball last week, and he was saying, like, Westmead could be Armagh or Tyrone, um, which was definitely a, a surprising enough comment. Um, like, I don't know if he has that against Armagh or Tyrone, but. Like I feel like last year, maybe after you win in the Talchin Cup, I think it wouldn't have been the most sort of inconceivable thing to see happen. But I suppose after the year that you've had, obviously in Division Three, and then like our man Tyrone have been inconsistent at the best of times this year, but they're still Division One side, so it probably was quite a over the top statement, maybe in some ways. Yeah, been to live shows that David Brady's been at as well, and he's uh, he does like the other. Uh, throwaway comment we'll call it i suppose maybe yeah, he thought about he, it again now yeah. yeah he'd probably kind of rethink it and go hang on what did i just say there um but yeah look, it's not been it's not been great really for us i know desi's in his first managerial role positive sides he's unearthed the likes of sen and baker and a few others who for us down here top quality footballer um but at the same time huge missed opportunity not getting out of the division like and it wasn't really it wasn't even close in many ways like yeah we threw it away against down for mana anyone who was in Edirne that day would have said that to lose by the small margin we did we should have been beaten at half time and uh, game should have been over yeah what wasn't wasn't a great campaign at all and yeah i know we we racked up a couple of decent scores but overall mm. we lost all the games in ulster by a combined six points which uh, which sounds you know pretty impressive um but at the same time we were we were out with them we we were very very fortunate to still be that close in any of the games and we should have beaten down like that's a given but it, it just yeah. yeah we're not we're not we're not a top tier team realistically at the moment yeah and we'll definitely we'll definitely get on to that game maybe a little bit later um and obviously some of the other games as well but i suppose we'll start with the the game obviously in uh in crow park on sunday yeah. dublin 
going up against uh, Ross Common, I suppose. Uh, a big game, obviously, for both. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I've been speaking to a few Dublin fans and even speaking to a few neutrals, and a lot of people seem to be just completely dismiss, dismissing Ross Common, which I find interesting, like, especially when you look at, like, Dublin throughout the league in Division 2, like, at the best of times, they were, I thought they were very sloppy, and that's coming from a from a Dublin fan. Like, against, against Clare, I thought we were sloppy. Cork, we could have got better. Kildare a couple of weeks ago, we nearly could have got bet. And Roscommon, you know, everyone's ranting and raving about Mayo, but Roscommon were the ones who actually beat them in Connacht. So, like, although Dublin will go in as favourites, Roscommon definitely have a chance. Yeah, I suppose depends what... I'd say Davy Burke will go... I don't think he'll change too much. He, when he was on the podcast, and I was at a, a wedding with him before as well, he kind of... He's a very straight-laced man. What he says is what he's going to do. And he doesn't, you know, they were chatting during the week, I think on off the ball or whatever, saying, you know, every GA manager they interview is now lying to your face now that the championship is actually on. But I think he's the mm-hmm. one guy who, if he says that he's going to do a high press, he do a high press. Or if he's going to play two sweepers, he'll play two sweepers. So I yeah. don't think he'll change tactics at all, even if it is in the wide open space at Crow Park. And yeah, it's... You know, not a familiar ground for Roscommon really over the over the years, and generally hasn't been. You know, anytime they have been up there, it hasn't been very, you know, nice in many ways. But he brings a lot of experience. Like he was with the Dublin ladies team for quite a while. He's managed in Dublin. He's managed obviously club sides in Kildare with Comfy and stuff like that as well. So it's not an unknown territory to him. It's just whether he can get that across to his Roscommon lads. Now the other side is Dublin should batter them like on paper really because they have a stronger panel they can bring lads off the bench they have mm-hmm. them, which i think is you, you can't put a price on having a lad with that much experience and that much ability playing you know in front of the back line just or just you know behind the sword and everything out um, and i think just experience alone should win it for dublin i'd like to see where come and put up a fight but at the same time, Lau put up a fight, and we saw how that ended. Kildare yeah. put up something of a fight, and it didn't go their way. So it's becoming very hard for teams who put up a good fight against Dublin to take anything other than a moral victory at the end of it. And whether that's any use, I don't know. Mightn't be too bad for Davy, given the fact that you know three teams will get out of the group. He might be looking at this as a shot in the dark. You know, if we get something, God, wouldn't that be unreal? Um, mm. you have to look at Dublin and think on paper, Crow Park. Yeah. I, I think I think they'll win it hopefully enough in the end. And I hate saying that because I love Davy, he's a legend, but I think Dublin will do it. Yeah, like no, I do agree as well. Like I think I think Dublin should be should be too strong. Like even Roscommon's championship record as well. Like I remember there was a statistic flying around. I think when they got bet by Clare last year, I don't think they've won in Crow Park in the championship in nearly 20 odd years or, or going back as far as the 1980s or something like that. So like the, odd, like, and then, and then you look at it on the flip side, like Dublin have, Dublin have only lost three championship games in the last 13 years, you know, 12 years. So like the, the odds of Russ Common winning this weekend, like when you look at those two statistics alone are, are quite, it's quite unlikely to be honest. Yeah. And like the fact they beat Mayo, everyone, you know, had them bigged up in other people are kind of arguing now and saying, you know, could have been the best thing that ever happened to Mayo was going out that early and not having to slog out a provincial championship and Jesus saw them against Kerry the other day. Like that's five, six weeks off did them absolutely no harm whatsoever. 
where Roscommon have had to slug it out a little bit and they haven't had as long off and I don't need, I don't know if that will do them any favours. I don't I don't really know what the benefit is of or if there's a better benefit I should say of being knocked out early in the provincial or going through it. Um so it's it's hard to know. I think though that record as you said is desperate. Um and they're not the only county obviously whose record is pretty poor in Crow Park. That's you know just the way it is for a lot of teams. Um mm. double forward line should have too much for Roscommon's defensive line really um even if some of them aren't shooting at the lights like they have been there are plenty of them who are and are you know really coming back strong um paul Mannion, i think it's just i think having him in there as well just adds another element you know he's got the pace he's, he's he looks a little bit you know stronger he looks a bit more physical than he would have done um kilkenny is still you know run the show and now they're bringing you know, lads true as well, and Shawnee Bugler is <laughs> is absolutely flying like so, and he's you know bar- he got man the match the other day, you know, but until then he was kind of just slowly going under the radar, just doing his thing, and now he's exploding onto the scene. So, you know, mm. Dublin bring that talent through all the time. Roscommon had that one underage team years ago that everyone was on about. When these lads come senior, they'll win the All Ireland. These lads came senior and they did absolutely nothing. So, Dublin, you know, just have that steamrolling you know, academy thing that they just bring through and it's only going one way, I think, in Crow Park. As much as I'd love to and I with Matt during the week I was back in underdogs until the cows came home. But I think uh I think I'd be a stupid man to back cross common here. Yeah, Gavin says here super eights in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and the group stages in twenty 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 three. Don't know why Roscommon are always with those, but hopefully it will be a much tighter game from Roscommon compared to previous attempts. I definitely think it will be definitely think it will be tighter, all right, because I think Roscommon went very toe to toe, I remember, with that Dublin team. And that was Dublin Dublin were better than what than what they are now, yeah. in my opinion. Like like in a couple like in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and Roscommon to be fair were probably like I know they'd won a, a Connacht title in twenty nineteen, but they were probably a bit more of an an up and coming side. Um in in some ways. Shawnee says Rossies have no chance against the dubs. The dubs are hitting form at the right time and could win <clears> by fifteen or more. I mean that's a that would be a big, big margin. I definitely wouldn't go uh as far as along as that. But what what do you reckon in terms of a margin of victory? Like what, what would you what would you be thinking? Yes, yeah, so probably in some ways what Shawnee said there is probably likely because it's that last ten minutes when teams are completely leggy from having to run on you know the massive pitch of Crow Park, mm-hmm. um, spending probably 40 50 minutes chasing the ball, um, it doesn't help. And then Dublin certainly put the foot on the throat for the last few minutes. And against Louth, of course, they just went to town and yeah. like they could have, they should have scored, you know, they had that four on one, you know, they decided to punch it over the bar in the end, you know, they could have had 10 goals if they wanted. 15 points is probably not an unrealistic thing. I think the handicap is probably I think it's seven or eight or something. It's usually around that for these kind of Dublin games. Um trying to remember the Super Eights. I remember where they did go toe to toe in the Super Eights. The same way Westmead did in that Leinster final a good few years back, and we were annihilated. Like it's, yeah. it's unless you can do it toe to toe with Dublin, you're wasting your time trying to learn how to do that in the space of like maybe two weeks. We did that to our own detriment. We came out of uh, a Leinster semi-final after playing a fairly decent brand of football and then decided and turned around and said let's try and 
go toe to toe with Dublin and see what happens. And it just went. It, it couldn't have gone any worse if we tried. Like it was just, it was shocking. Mm. Um, I don't think our scammer should be trying that. Definitely not. Yeah, like you'd you'd imagine, like Davy will look at, I suppose the the template that his own county probably done against Dublin and just pack the defence, every man inside the inside the you know the, the forty five meter line, twenty meter line, and just try and frustrate Dublin, try and keep them out for as long as possible, and then hit them on the counter attack. Like it worked quite well against Mayo, but obviously as you said, like it's in Crow Park, Dublin yeah. have a wealth of options, a wealth of players that they can bring on, and like I think Mayo were were hugely off at that day. In fairness. And like with, with the fact that now, like this is when Dublin need to be coming into into their prime because a few weeks time when it's knockout, like you'll have no more second chances after that. And you know, Des, Desi, I think very much is is playing for his job in in some ways here because I think you know he's bringing all the older guards back, he's bringing all the you know the older lads back into the team. And I think you know the consensus is if if Dublin don't at least make a final anyway, that may maybe he might be pushed out the door, but. What do you think? Do you think Ross Common might set up a bit defensively, or what? Or what you reckon? I I don't know if it's. It depends what Davy's mindset is coming into it. Is he, has he already kind of not not written it off, but is he kind of said, look, if we just put in a good performance, don't lose by too much. It doesn't seem like him though. It doesn't. That's not ever been his mentality. Um, mm. so he could go very very ballsy and go man to man, which I think. I'd love to see. It'd be great for the championship as well. It'd do the game no harm. Um, I had a piece in the newspaper today, um, the article I to write about prolonging the provincial pain, I call it, and I compared a lot of the games to lads holding on to playing chess but holding on to the pawn for too long and everyone just falling asleep. It's kind of, it could be like that, that if it's a ultra-defensive, put up a blanket of 14 lads and say, come and break us down, you know, it won't be Donegal like whatever it was 10 or 12 yeah. years ago, but it could be very disheartening for everybody. And I don't think it does Dublin any favours either because um, I don't think, realistically, if they're going to get out, when they get out of the group, like there's no team really who's challenging for the All-Ireland who puts up that blanket defence thing, realistically. Like they're not putting four teams behind the ball. So saying, you know, oh, it might be great for Dublin to take on a big blanket defence. Even the the Ulster teams who, you know, the traditionalists of the blanket defence, even they're not really doing it too much. I know the Ulster final had patches of where it was very dull and very depressing. But mm. for the most part, you know, if Dublin go into the lead, no team is going to put 14 behind the ball and try and hold out the knockout game. So I, I think Roscommon should go a little bit more sort of not hell for leather, but just a little bit less defensive minded, try and play their own game and see what happens. You know, they have to look at the fact that there's more than Dublin. They have to play other games as well. So there's yeah. no point going in with a completely different tactical set and then trying to change it back again for the next game. Like Westmead, as I said, mm-hmm. tried to do before and it just does not work. So, um, yeah, I, I still... Shawnee's thing of Dublin by 15 or more, I'd go Dublin by double digits, I'd say 10 at the end of it all. They'll mm-hmm. kick a few scores near the end just to round it off nicely, I'd say. Yeah, uh, just a few comments here. Paddy Man says poor Ross Common won't be able to keep the ball kicked out no. uh, to them. You know, that that that's the thing. Yeah. That's what Loud struggled as well. I think Dublin yeah. turned over Loud like maybe eight or nine times in a row. Gavin says to be fair, I think Ross Common's defense has improved under Dave Stack. For example, did a good job keeping <clears> Shane White quiet the, the last day, so it shouldn't be 
a bloodbath. Yeah, like I'm gonna go for I think a seven point win. Um it could be more, could be less, but um again I'd be I'd be very shocked Ooh. if it's anything other than a, a Dublin win. Um yeah. but St- stacked it well on the the Shea Walsh thing. Mm. Shea Walsh I thought was quite cold that they didn't look like a fellow who was getting going at all. Plus Galway now have Finnerty and so many others who are chipping in scores, like it's not a one man band anymore like it was. Mm. Um it's such a mix of pace and power with Comer, etc. as well. And so yeah, I, I you know, I, I could say that. I did say it to Matt during the week, I said, Oh, Kerry will hammer Mayo with that inexperienced Mayo defensive line who've not played against big lads like this before and that turned out really mm. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no that's the thing like especially with with, with ross common like i mean or or with, with Galway, like as you said like there's lots of new players coming into the side and it probably in some ways takes the takes the attention away from away from mm-hmm. shane walsh and fairness but i suppose another another game from the group stage is Derry against monaghan um a game we've obviously already seen before in the in the championship probably a little bit annoying that we're seeing a, a repeat pair and, yeah like Mon- Monaghan's last game was against Derry, um, and, and Derry have only played one more game in the time that they played Monaghan. So um, you nearly wonder should should teams have been kept apart, but then at the same time it's probably hard to to sort of facilitate that at the same time. But I suppose Derry have had Monaghan's number in the last couple of years. Like beat them this year, beat them last year, obviously as well. Um, but one thing I've learned about Monaghan is that you cannot bet against them, and like any time they're going in under the radar. It's usually a dangerous sign from a, from a Monaghan perspective. Yeah, um, it's the kind of they're the kind of team. There, there's a little bit of a Donegal about them, kind of in this group that people have kind of just automatically ignored them and just said, right, look, mm. you know, they'll be bet by everybody and good luck. But on the day, like they are a strong Ulster team. They compete against, you know, provincially they compete against, you know, the most competitive one technically in football. So, could they pull the rabbit out of the hat? You know, who knows? I think Derry just have too much and are playing for too much. They're no longer trying to fight their way out of, a, you know, a core group of teams, you know, trying to get out of it. They're out of it now. They're in with the, the top teams. Connor Glass mm-hmm. is, you know, one of the most influential players in the country. And it's very hard to, it's very hard to think that it's anything other than a convincing enough Derry win. Um, forwards wise, they they should have way too much for Monaghan. Even though the modern defence, be fair to them, are very you know touch type men. You know they're to be you know tugging jerseys and pinching and do whatever else they have to do. But at the same time, I don't think it'll I don't think it'll have any bearing really on the result. I can only see Derry taking us taking the win here. Um, where is it on? Actually, is it a, is it a home game for Derry or? Yeah, I actually I don't know where it's on. Yeah, yeah. I was just checking, just trying to check that there. Actually, I think yeah, I think it is at home. Yeah, I think it's in Celtic Park. Yeah, yeah like they were fairly, they'd be fairly content playing at home. I think against them. And yeah, it is. It's really frustrating that this is a game that we only saw not that long ago. And like, there is something probably to be said for keeping a separation. Like in the Champions League, you know, if you or whatever it is, you've met a team or you get moved or qualifiers, you get moved into a different group or like you know. They wouldn't put Russia and Ukraine the same group because of the war, like that kind of thing. You know, I know there's no Derry Monaghan war, but at the same time, <laughs> there, there should be a way to to find like it's it's a rarity that it's going to happen. Like realistically, there's there's very low odds of it, but it did happen, and there probably should have been something to learn from. There probably should be some kind of you know mm. note to say if these two teams come out, the other one into this pot. You know, it's not it's not that hard. Um, plus, it adds a bit of excitement to it as well. You know, knowing that 
you think mm. you've avoided someone next thing they they throw a spanner in the works and throw them into your group you know so um yeah but it has to be a dairy win and i don't think it's a double digit win or anything like that it's convincing but convincing like five or six convincing as in a bit of a galway against tyrone a kind of a second gear stroll and monaghan trying but not trying hard enough i think it's probably the way i see it but you might you might think different yeah it's a, it's a hard one to know to be honest with you i do have a sneaky feeling about monaghan just because Derry put so much into into the ulster championship and i think they went hell for letter in the league as well um but i, I think like one thing we know i know Derry's manager has obviously changed and, and kieran mean is now mm. taking charge until the the end of the season but like i don't think Derry's style or the way they play or anything is going to change like i think like i think I think one thing we know about Derry is we know how they're going to play. Like they're going to bring the energy. They're going to bring that like sort of Derry intensity that we've that we've always seen. Whereas with Monaghan, like they have been at like if you catch them on a good day, they're very very good. But at times they can be quite flat. Like they were quite flat against Derry against Tyrone. They were flat in the first half and then pulled it back brilliantly in the second half. And then through the league, there was times where you know they, they put up a a big win, big performance, and then follow it up with a, a not so good performance. Whereas I think Derry's sort of trajectory is more straight, whereas Monaghan's is up and down. And I think that's why that's why you'd probably edge towards Derry because I think you know what you're going to get with them in fairness. Yeah, and I think you know what you're going to get from back to front as well, like all the way from lynching goals. like, And then you've the likes of Chrissy McCake standing in front who is one of the most underrated defenders, I think, in the GAA. Like, just he's very under the radar in many ways even though he's he is that you know talismanic figure but just those things very kind of unassumingly um and then all the way up to forward line i don't think Derry did him i don't think kira mina did them won them any fans you know with the kira mcfall comments after the penalty shootout and all that like it doesn't help you know it's already bad enough as it is without him throwing that in as well and i think yeah. the neutral the neutral will be kind of torn between do I cheer for Derry to try and you know see another interest in running the All Ireland or do I cheer for Monaghan because Derry are just you know un- unlikable these days. So because of what's going on essentially off the pitch as well, um, but Monaghan, yeah, as you said, one minute they could be amazing, the next minute they could be beaten by. I won't pick a county because I've already insulted counties this week several times. So, uh, but they could be beaten by a lesser, stronger, less strong county. <laughs> we'll say. Um, I, I just, I just don't see anything except a dirty window, really. Even with all the energy expelled and Ulster and having to go through the penalty shootout and all that kind of crack. I think in some ways the penalty shootout is, does no harm for a bit of a boost as well. The fact that you won it and you slogged your way through it and uh went back to back then of course which they hadn't done either you know when the anglo self it's great for them um but i yeah i i can't see it going any other way like as, as good as modern art to be fair i do i do like them they have always been an entertaining team even though they've lost a lot of the big names of recent times but they still have enough of a threat there and they will come back good again they'll bring the young lads through like they always do and they'll turn into great players but like it's it's a dairy win by five or six i gotta say five just to be exact i suppose yeah just running through some uh some comments here jamie says we have to do better against Derry this time i think we can only improve on our last day out if we could pull off a win here i think yeah. we would the group i think this will decide uh who tops it 
this user says Derry, in my opinion, will likely topple the group, but you can never rule out Monaghan to come back from the dead to make it a draw yeah. or take the win. Um, it's an interesting, interesting yeah. point there. Um, Shawnee says I'd fancy Monaghan this time around. Gallagher was integral to to Derry's success, and John says Derry should win, but then with Monaghan. Uh, on their day might uh, might cause uh, an upset. Yeah, like I mean, I suppose like going back to one of the comments there, like it is probably winner you'd imagine probably will top the group, and that's why like I feel like with a lot of these group stage games, like even with the Galway Tyrone game and the Kerry Mayo game to a certain extent, it's not a huge amount of jeopardy if you lose. Like you're probably just gonna it's probably just gonna take you longer to get to a quarter final, um, because you'll have to play an extra game, and then you know you you might maybe be unseeded going into the quarter final, so you might get a Dublin or maybe a mayo now with the fact that Kerry are probably likely to finish second yeah. Um, but yeah like i suppose it's yeah a big, big win like and i mean if, if monaghan can pull it off like that would be that'd be some story ought to be unreal if they could um by the comment there about gallagher being integral to Derry's success like i would bet a lot of money that he's not too far away from what's going on like i'm sure on paper mm. and physically he's not present i'm sure he's still I don't think he walked. I don't think he walked entirely away that quick. I'm sure a WhatsApp yeah. isn't ever far away. So, while it might not be the spitting on the hands on the sideline, shouting all the time, it's there's something. He's he's still there. Like um, so, you can't say. I I don't think you can say that it's just Kieran Mina who's there by himself. He's he's may as well have you know the the what was it martin johnson had in the rugby that time the microphone in the water bottle he may as well have one of them like just a gallagher on the other end because i'd say he's he's pretty much there in spirit in many ways so um like i know a lot of a lot of people there saying monaghan could pull a draw or a win in celtic park i think it's i think it's optimistic i think that's maybe more hopeful for a, a strong competitive game as opposed to what the reality could be which is Derry just physically too strong, forwards too sharp, defence too t- touch tight. Um, I, I I still only see it going one way. As much as I want to agree with some of the commenters there, I think it's I think it's only going one way in my eyes. So mm-hmm. yeah, like I'd like I'd, I'd agree as well. Like I think Derry will win. I think it will be. I think there will be moments where I think it'll be closer than the last game. I think it might be only three or four mm. points. Um. But I do think the uh, Derry will just out muscle Monaghan, and I, I just can't see Monaghan sticking with the same pace that Derry bring for the full seventy minutes. Um, and then as well, like I think, you know, going into the final ten minutes, I think attention for Monaghan then might turn towards Clare the next day out, and obviously Donegal as well. Like losing here is not the end of the world from a from a Monaghan perspective. So, um, yeah, you're, you're saying Derry by five or six? Yeah, I think Derry five or six. Yeah, I don't know the thing about finishing. You know, is there much jeopardy if you're beaten or whatever? The arguments going on over that. I've been reading a few about, you know, why are we only knocking four teams out versus the, well, we're getting more games played because of it. So, yeah, I can see where that argument goes. I still think they'll both want to get something from it. They wouldn't want him won't go in, like, you know, being the underdogs and think, ah, look, if we get rolled over here, we'll just look to the next one. Like, the benefit of winning one, you're true, essentially. So mm. it's it's worth their while to come out and give it the full rattle for 70 minutes and see what happens. You never know, but I'll, I'll stick with Derry by, by five, a, a comfortable five, I'll say. 
Yeah, I think I'll go Derry, Derry by uh, by three or four points. Uh, Oren says here was after Derry training the other day. All right. <laughs> John, um, well, to be fair, I don't think I don't think he'd be silly enough no, to show physically. Up no, no, no. Like, the, yeah. like, someone would take a photo of that. There'd be a video. Obviously, there was yeah. videos going after the Ulster final. Whether they were true or not, or old videos, I don't know. Like, obviously, you don't yeah. know the ins and outs. Um, but yeah, like. It, obviously, obviously, only he knows. Only dairy people know. Like we're just, we're just obviously speculating. Um, but that man is dedicated. Go. Give that man some sort of badge for going <laughs> yeah. to a training session. That is dedication. Good man, or yeah, dedication right there. Definitely ran through the ran through the mill. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I suppose the the other game or one of the other games, Armagh versus Westmead. Obviously, your own county, Westmead. I mean, as we were saying at the top of the show, there, like, is is there much of a chance here? Is there any chance, like? Not many people would have given the like. Maybe they'll take a bit of inspiration from from what the hurlers done against Wexford. Um, but again, it's it's very it's very unlikely. I think I'm clutching at straws here, to be honest. Yeah, I'd love to be. I'd love to be more optimistic. Um, we very very. It's I, I should have brought this downstairs on the paper at the list of. Um, previous meetings between us it doesn't generally make for good view and i think there's the odd good result in there somewhere but like it's it's a team who've come through playing the strong teams in ulster going all the way to extra time and penalties in, in an ulster final versus a team who were eight points up against loud and who i sent a message to a lot of people and said we've not won this game at all and of course we went and did westmead 2.0 like we did against down in the league and through the way and that in many ways is kind of what i'd be more most afraid of that even if we did go into a lead we have that kind of almost stigma now of well, we don't know what to do now what do we do when we're winning uh, it's almost mm-hmm. like you know been at the last 100 yards of a race and then stopping and going am i meant to cross this line or do i go back you know and start again kind of and that's what we've done three four times since january that i can think of offhand um imagine a good start for us like it'll be brilliant john heston kicks a few run or tools you know run the show at the pitch defense are on song they've got you know o'neill etc turbot they've got them all under wraps they go five or six mm. ahead the shocks on the cards i it's terrible to say but i put my money on us to lose by six or seven regardless yeah. if it was 10 minutes or 20 minutes left we just were not mentally we're not there in terms of been in the lead like in games like the lads there's no problem with fitness or anything like i saw a few of the lads in town even today um they look like they're fairly sharp they seem fairly buoyed up like it's there's, there's no issue there it's literally just bad selection of passes at the wrong moment you know looking to try and pull off something outrageous when a simple pass and just even holding the ball for a little bit longer and just giving lads a bit of bit of energy back but we just have this um I don't know what it is. It's a mental block in some ways, I think, that's there. And I don't know where that's come from because we didn't have it last year near the Talchin Cup. When we, when we were, chips were down, we were there and we pulled out of the fire, especially against Cavan. Like, I would have fancied Cavan to go on and win that one. But, you know, hmm. we did very well that day. Armagh are, Armagh are a bigger, bigger um, objectives than, than Westmead, sadly. Um, they will see this as they won't you know the hurling might be great for the footballers to look at but i'd say our mass of that result as well if the lads have any kind of social media will think we better not do that in the football because you go a bit ahead and then suddenly 
I know it's a lot harder in football to get those long balls, you know, that we did in the hurling just drive them in, but they, yeah. they won't want to do that. If they're going ahead, they're staying ahead. Um, and if we're going ahead, we're not staying ahead. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's interesting, all right, Westmead, because I remember, like, when, when you won <clears> the Talchin <throat> last year, I think, you know, and then obviously a couple of months later, the Leinster Championship draws come out and everything else. You're thinking it's shaping up to be maybe a very good year for Westmead. Like, you're on the... Yeah. The so-called easier side of the draw that obviously avoids Dublin, no Kildare on that side of the draw as well. Obviously, Loud and Mead have, you know, Mead have probably dropped off a good bit this year, but Loud have, you know, kind of really taken that extra step forward and probably better than than what m- many people would have anticipated at the start of the year. But like, obviously, you've had uh, Jack Cooney who stepped away, and you've obviously had uh, Desi Dolan who's come in as manager. Like, I mean, like, what, what do you think has has kind of went wrong? Because as we were saying, like we, I remember some of those players, like Ron O'Toole, I remember was phenomenal. John Heslin, mm. Sam McCartan, Ray Cannell, like so many brilliant footballers. But like from a Westmead perspective, it just has been it's been a very quiet year. Like I think from Westmead, you just haven't really heard much. And the only time, only times I have heard from Westmead is usually when, unfortunately, it has been a a disappointing defeat. Yeah, it um. It's, I don't know, Desi's a very, very different... I know he's behind the scenes. He was obviously in the, the staff with Jack last year, but he's a very different kind of person. Um, and even on the sideline, like Jack would be... You'd almost you'd feel like the instructions were kind of given out and Jack was just there just to kind of reinforce it. Whereas like, I covered a few of the... Covered a couple of the league games. Uh, covered the O'Byrne Cup match out in the Downs, my old club here at the road. And... I don't know, it just didn't feel... I know it's early, it's very early days, obviously, but it just didn't feel the same. You kind of had John Keane, obviously Desi's, you know, old teammate or former All-Star, like, and he seemed to be sort of giving instructions to one, Desi's giving instructions to another, and they didn't always fully coordinate with each other. Uh, mm-hmm. I know we used the league as well to try and get a few lads through, like, and some, some lovely footballers coming through in Westmead as well, and, you know, it will come good eventually. It mightn't come good to the level of any kind of silverware like the Talchin Cup or anything, but there was very it was very downbeat after the league. The fact that we knew we couldn't get out of it. And that was the the goal I think for the year was to do that. And then the next goal of course was get past Mickey Hart and get past Loud. And that you know, it's kind of testament I suppose to where things are that even though we were, I think, six or seven ahead against Loud, that the messages going around the different WhatsApp groups that I was on were generally the same, which is playing well, but this is a long way from over. And that came from the down game, the Fermanagh game, a couple of other games in between that were we, you know, weren't exactly great either. Um, I would give Desi time, though. I don't think the county board, only Frank Meskel or any of them are foolish enough to, you know, Think that it lost allowed and three defeats if they come in the group you know it's it's a bad first season but it's a longer term project same thing that colin morocco said he's doing at Meath. you know he's looking to the next two mm-hmm. three years i think desi is doing the same that's why senna baker got you know taken off the under 20s basically and brought up to the seniors and same with a few others so i think it's just a case of give us a little bit of time hopefully and things will, will come good there is signs there it is coming good it just it's a little bit slower, I think, than people were hoping for, especially after last season. Um, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. It won't be this weekend, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah john says here i just joined the excellent i just joined the chat excellent insight as usual thanks yeah appreciate appreciate the uh yeah, cheers, man. support and um, he also says unfortunately westmead will need a, a miracle um sorry to say and jamie says i think the games westmead will have in this group could benefit them going forward possibly um but i could see it being a difficult few weeks for them but they should go full tilt to see how they fare yeah like i suppose from a from an armada perspective like especially after you know the the disappointment from from losing that penalty shootout to Derry. like in some ways it's almost a it's a brilliant game for them to have because they can really go after westmead put them on the back foot try and build up some confidence if it goes wrong then yeah like it could go it could has the potential to go the complete opposite way but from an armada perspective like it's i think they'd much rather play westmead now rather than tyrone first like do you know what i mean just to get that win to put, put yeah. confidence back in the you know back in the minds and everything else yeah um yeah someone said there would be a miracle if you won like you know miracles are reserved for the religious as they say and unfortunately i'm not one of them so um the other thing about the game's been potentially good for westmead some counties i think that's very much true for that defeats aren't the worst thing in the world and you always learn something from it i don't know if traditionally if we do a whole lot better after a defeat i don't know if things change dramatically or if we take i don't think desi is kind of same as joe fortune the hurling he was very much against anything to do with moral victories when yeah. paul who works in the newspaper um here was chatting to him after it was straight out and he said it from the start no moral victories that's not where we are if we're going to be doing anything we need actual results i think the same has to apply to the footballers even though different standards different teams whatever but i don't think we can be going through our match our own goal we're taking three moral victories out of it like the hurlers happened they got slaughtered by galway there's nothing no moral victory out getting murdered like that same way don't loud would have taken massive amounts really from the, the leinster final against dublin they would have taken bits and pieces but then going back to your bit about hand a good one for armagh definitely yeah i think galway tyrone armagh before the fixtures were done i think would have been fingers crossed give us westmead first home or away neutral venue doesn't matter no we get that win they, they have to be realistic and look at it and go we get that win would be true and then we can go from there and see how things pan out so you know it makes things interesting now the fact that Kerry lost um I don't think you know teams might be rethinking about whether they want to meet Kerry you know possibly in a preliminary game but yeah it's you have to fancy like you know O'Neill etc they're, they're just they're on form they're a good team to watch uh, a lot of people I know have very, you know, definite dislikes for Armagh for a number of reasons, ranging from McGinney and um, but I like I like the way they play. Um, there's something there's something interesting about them, and I think Green O'Neill is a great footballer. I've had terrible arguments with my brother over, you know, All Stars last year and all that kind of thing with him. But um, yeah, like it's. What did I say to start her mad by seven? I, I, yeah, our mad by seven, and I'd, I, I'd love to say Westmead might get someone over and they could run them close, but I, I definitely think it's our, our mad win, nothing else there. Yeah, I think so as well. I think our mad will be too strong. I think seven or eight points, I think, is is probably what I'd, what I'd go with. If it had it been a year ago, like. I know Armagh were probably actually looking better maybe a year ago as well, but may, maybe you might say that the, the gap might be a bit smaller, but 
I think right now, like you, you definitely have to go for a seven or eight point victory for uh, for we, our man. We got we got the wrong team in Leinster. That was our problem. Anyone except Loud. Mickey Hart just had us nailed. They're on board even. Yeah, he just knew. Like I've taken on a man who I've managed players against, Desi Dolan, and now he's up against me. He's inexperienced. He's obviously nervous enough going into his first game. This is all set up for Mickey Hart to pull something out of the bag, and he did. I would have rather have taken on Kildare. I would have taken Kildare any day of the week um, because they were so up and down. They, they could turn up for yeah. 20 minutes and die for the rest of the game, and that would have suited us fine. Whereas Loud just slowly built into it, and it was a very slow start, but you could just sense that they were just building. I just think it was the wrong, the wrong team on the wrong day for us to get. Anyone else would have done. I would have taken Meath. I would have taken on Meath that day. Mm-hmm. For anyone except Loud, obviously Dublin would go away from me. Like, but Loud was just the wrong team to get that day, unfortunately for us. So we don't want to see them anymore. Fed up playing Loud in the championship. We end up playing them every second year. I think at this stage, I feel like the only team I know I'd play against is Loud. So, uh, and I suppose another thing that we'll have to get used to playing them is obviously Cork. Um, and, and Cork oh, yeah. did play Loud actually last year as well. Um, in the uh, in, in, in the championship, I think in the qualifiers, I think just before the the yeah. all Cork finals, um, I think Cork won that day. But Loud did beat Cork earlier earlier this season in the league. Um, it's an interesting one. This one, like definitely, definitely, probably maybe like I suppose Loud might be slight favourites, but it's mad to think that because like again, just a year ago, Cork would have been very heavy favourites for this. Um, and I feel like Cork probably do have the better players, but I think Loud are just better run and they have the better manager. And Mickey Hart, who just knows how to navigate his way through these games. But what's your what's your thinking ahead of this one? Yeah, it's um I presume louder first. I think it's it's on in louder, I presume or Darver. It's, it's actually, it is. Yeah, it's actually on in uh, Park Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Louder be used yeah. to that. Yeah, um, I think I think it's I think it's supposed to be a loud home game, but because R D isn't big enough, um, so that's that's the reason why they're yeah. having it in Navan. Yeah, Loud would be, they wouldn't be unfamiliar with Partalchen, like, so it's not the worst mm. venue really to stick them in. It's not like Kildare going down to Nolan Park or whatever, like, it's it's not that mental. So, um, on paper, as you said, Cork should have the stronger players, but they're coming up against one of the most informed kind of teams, one of the most surprised package teams I think we've had in a while and well yeah they got a slaughter and a Mickey Hart set it straight out you know battered in Crow Park and that's final um the fact they got there was that semi-final was probably their Leinster final in reality and now they're thinking okay Dublin's written off just forget about that one let's go back to to where we were and Sammy Mulroy you know fantastic player is never going to get the credit he deserves just because of the county he plays with and that's just the nature of you know many of us in the the lesser strong counties um so it's a hard one to call now that I, i'm tossing it up in my head here and just trying to think where do you put cork down in part put cork up in part talchin and think that they do well talchin is a nice pitch it's it's narrower than parky Cueve. loud now they're used to the narrow pitches like i've been up in darver a few times and they've played challenge mm. games and stuff there I, I fancy. I think I'm going to go for loud. I'm going to go for loud by like three points, and just just to annoy Matt as well a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, although I think I think yeah, I think he'd probably nearly agree with you. To be fair, yeah, I think oh, he's yeah. nearly been more. He's nearly been more critical of Cork than uh, than anyone else has in fairness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think I'd, I'd I'd agree with you like as well though. I think I think this is almost like in some way similar to Derry Monaghan where you you know what Loud are going to yeah. do, you know what they're going to bring. Whereas Cork, Cork again are just such a I like. No, like I'd say Matthew does get really annoyed watching Cork a lot of the time. I think most yeah. Cork fans probably do because like they play Dublin, they look brilliant, they look fantastic. Yeah. And then a few weeks later they go out to lo- and lose to Loud. Um and then, you know, even towards the end of the league campaign, I think they were eight points down against Derry and dragged it back to a draw, you know, the defeat to Mead on the opening day. You just don't know what you're gonna get with Cork. It seems like when Cork are playing teams of a higher standard, they they raise their game, they sort of bring exactly. they bring yeah. the energy. Whereas when they're playing teams that they're expected to beat or teams similar to their level, they just completely drop and and there's just a completely flop style performance. So, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd, I'd fancy Leo by the smallest margins, I think. Yeah, and that's exactly true what you said about, like, think of the COVID monster final. Um, like, and I think that is another kind of just come to me as well. Like, Leo, they're going to pack out Paratalchin with their fans because yeah. for them, this is uncharted territory. This is like Disneyland for loud fans, you know, getting into this. Um, and the fact Mickey Hart is there, you know, there's great enthusiasm. The energy is up in the county. Cork kind of coming in. No one really knows what to make of them because they're just, they're, yeah, as you said, like Monaghan, one minute they could be class, one minute they could be absolutely useless. Um, and the crowd will, loud crowd, you know, are boisterous. Like they'll get on the backs of the Cork lads and they'll they'll rattle them a little bit. And Cork, won't won't like it like it's not going to it's not going to play in their favor as long as loud stay in the game early days <clears throat> they don't want another start like they had against westmead because they mightn't pull that one out of the bag as easily you know cork have enough experience in games like that to try and do it but i still yeah i think loud by a couple of points um could be the story of the weekend if they won and they're true out of the group like that would be that would be mm-hmm. ridiculous for them but it's it's certainly a possibility um there, I, I won't say it's a. I won't put them as favourites. I put them at fifty-fifty. The two teams because you can't rule out Cork's experience, even though, even though it's different. A lot of different lads playing, but yeah, I'll, mm. I'll stick with Loud by two. I'm gonna. I, I made some desperate predictions during the week with Matthew, but um, I did predict a Sligo win against Calero. So so close to that. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go Loud by two. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree as well. I think I think loud by a point, maybe loud by two as well. Like, and I, I agree with what you said there in terms of all the fans coming up. Like, I was in Crow Park for the Leinster final, and to be honest with you, I think there was more loud fans than Dublin fans. Yeah. Like, I think I think we were outnumbered. Like, I was on the hill, and you were looking left and right, and you just seen red. You just seen red. Like, yeah. few yeah, a few pockets of blue here and there, but it was just mostly loud supporters. Um, so I think yeah, I think they're. They're like they're definitely a football and mad county, and um, probably more than I actually had thought, especially after seeing them all come to Crow Park. And I'd, I'd imagine, like, because because like with Cork, like obviously Cork are probably more like it's probably 50 50 in terms of hurling and football. Um, but again, like, are all the are all the Cork fans going to travel to to Park Talchin? I, I don't know, there'd be, there'd be a good pop of them, but probably yeah. not that many. So. You know, I think it, I think it will be. You'd probably say three quarters loud, if, if probably even more. To be fair, I'd say so. Yeah, um, it's it's it's. I know Cork though. Like to be fair, any team that isn't isn't in the the central area, um, it's a journey regardless of where you're coming from. Cork, to be fair to them, with family down in Cork, like they they do travel 
So, but Partalchen as well, you know, you're not filling Parky Cueve, you're filling a, a much smaller ground, a much tighter ground, players close to the action, the fans near the edge of the pitch. Like it's, it's got all the recipe for a cracking game if the crowd is big, which it should be. Uh, and if the game is tight early days, you know it. It could be. It could be the game of the weekend. Like, would we would we be brave enough to say it could be a draw? Like, would that be the most yeah shout of the weekend if we called it a draw? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, there are a lot of draws nowadays, especially across Ireland yeah. football. Like, it tends to be, and especially when you look at the amount of games that have gone to extra time this year as well. The amount of league games that have been draws, like. It's, it's definitely not impossible. It's definitely not impossible. And with the fact there's so much on the line here as well, because realistically, are either of these two going to get any points from Mayo or Kerry? I don't think that they are. So, like, the winner the, the winner of this game goes through, goes through basically, yeah. as the third team, you'd imagine. Um, and, then you know, they can let the shackles off then for the for the final two matches. So, yeah, like, I think, think it'll be a tense game. Imagine if you get a court defender, though, who can take Clifford the same way as... Uh, was Cal, Cal, Sam Callan, I think, for Mayo the other day. And imagine yeah. if the four forwards were doing the same thing the Mayo lads did. Like, Kerry were so bad. Like, it was actually, mm. it was kind of worrying in some ways. Uh, I know they've had, you know, terrible, like, last few weeks, obviously, with um, Ellen Clifford, you know, passing away and things like that. But, like, it's still David Clifford was actually the main threat, you know, and he's himself and his brother obviously gone through and his sister gone through the, the worst tragedy, you know, and have had to live through it. Mm-hmm. And yet he was probably the only one bar Shane Ryan and goals who was cracking. He was the only the only one outfield who turned up. Like yeah. I, they couldn't be that bad again twice, like really. But there'd be nothing stopping Loud and Cork looking at that and kind of going, geez lads, you know, they're not all their they, they're still brilliant, obviously. Are they all they're cracked up to be this year? Have has someone unearthed something, or did Mayo just use those six weeks to the most optimum way they could and just came out, just blew them out of the water? So, yeah, a, a draw would be very interesting because it makes the next weekend so equally amazing because there's so much to play for. Then the following day, you've got Kerry bottom at bottom of the group, you know, um, yeah. out of the cork on a point, and Mayo safely through. Yeah, like, would you put Kerry at the bottom of the group after the? I don't think anyone would have put Kerry at the bottom of the group at any point in anything in life. Never mind in in the you know the knockout parts or the group parts. So, um, both teams. So I think Loud and Cork would love to play, and I will draw out if they could organise it to play it out that way and just <laughs> screenshot the table and just stick it up in the dressing room the next week. You know, um, but yeah, I it's I, I'm still going to stick with Loud though. I think. I think someone had a comment up there as well about the crowd in Talchon as well. I think that could be a factor in it as well. A good crowd really puts the frighteners mm. up the opposition, and it's going it to be a long enough trek up for Cork up to up to Navin. So, yeah, let let them see how they deal with that when they get there. Yeah, I agree as well. I think I'll go for for loud by loud mm. by two or three points. Um, in fairness, um, there obviously is no Talchon Cup action uh, this weekend. I think I forgot to to take that out of the the title, so we'll update that maybe a little bit later on. But in terms of the, uh, I suppose in terms of Westmead, the Westmead hurlers, like I wanted to obviously get your opinion on obviously that win versus Wexford last weekend, and obviously the game against Antrim this week as well, because like it almost felt like Westmead. I suppose a half time versus Wexford, you were dead and buried, not just in terms of the the game, but possibly in terms of the season, because you know I know you could have still 
you know beat Antrim and then obviously they would have went down but now like you've given yourselves the the best chance possible you could lose at the weekend and still end up um you know avoiding relegation so like it's yeah like it's it's absolutely mad and I suppose what we are what we are thoughts on it yeah, I'm uh I'm dying to see uh text Willow Callan after this and he text him and ask what the power rankings are because uh I'm insisting the Westmead move up uh, the power rankings a little bit. Um but it was it was so bizarre in so many ways. Like when you see the list of scorers as you know, minute by minute, Westmead had two different scorers all the way up to the last I think twelve minutes. I think Kieran Doyle did the vast majority of scoring Nile O'Brien then, you know, as well. And you just thought, well, you know, if they get back into this, all Wexford need to do is just mark those two lads really heavily and nobody else seems to do it. And so, and then Niall Mitchell comes on and the lad who was doing a bit of work here in the house, uh, an old teammate, clubmate of Niall. And exactly what I was saying as well is Niall Mitchell could be the greatest hurler on the planet one day and the next day mightn't run 10 yards. But... When you bring him on, you're guaranteed that he is going to cause chaos. It's like bringing on Donahue or O'Shea, you know, in football for the last few minutes, just to go in there and just throw, throw a few shapes and just knock a few lads around. And the two long balls that went in that he got the goals from were just, like, one was just pure muscle and the other was pure fluke, like, that it, it broke to him behind the defensive line. But we never get any luck. Like, we don't make our own luck, usually, and we don't get much luck, generally. So to get the break was outrageous. Um, and the lads deserved it. Like it was the most route one hurling I've ever witnessed in my life. Those last 10 minutes where it was just once um, McDonald missed a penalty, Westmead just kind of thought we could, you know, tag a few points back on, make this slightly more respectable. And then they just started launching these balls in from their own 45. Like they were going miles into the air. Like the lads were just aiming straight up into the air when they were hitting them from defense. And you could just see it was just bodies in the square just piling in. And you know, you can't you can't buy luck like that at the best of times when you're a county who's fighting off relegation most of the time. So it was to get the win was absolutely insane. It's probably it's probably the greatest result, I would say. It's touching on nearly the greatest result in Westmead GA in general. Like I know four for the footballers was phenomenal. That was a different year, different time. The hurlers starved of success generally. You know, Christy Rings have been there, it's been great, but at top level we're not even we're not even in the pond with the fish, never mind, you know, anything else. So mm. it was insane. Um Wexford in the Joe McDonough, still a possibility. Antrim will fancy their chances against us now on Sunday. They'll go in as like favourites anyway. They tend to do against us. Um, I still think generally they would overall game by game be slightly better than us. Um, they put in good performances. I think up in Corrigan Park, they put in a good performance against Dublin. Put in a few good yeah. performances like of note. Like they, they've never been far Galway the other day. Obviously, you know they just trounced on everyone, but. They put up good performances against Kilkenny against Dublin, so yes, Antrim will go in his favourites. But we'll bring them to Monaghan. We'll we'll give them a game here and see what happens. And I have to do the reporting on it, so uh, I'll avoid throwing too many stones at the pitch and Antrim players. I'll have to keep that uh, keep me keep myself quiet for that one. But um, I I still think Westmead could nick uh, a win. Um, we did that against Wexford with fourteen men. 
10 minutes left missing the two greatest players probably Westmead have had Angus Clark and Killian Doyle the two best players we've had bar Tommy Doyle probably in the last how long uh, and it just it defied all logic in terms of hurling and GA so uh, the fact we did it is great um, and it'll be forever remembered it would be lovely now if we kicked on a little bit even just nick something against Antrim on Sunday even if it's an unconvincing draw an unconvincing win it would be lovely Um and it would just, it, it would save Wexford, I know, as well, which I do like the idea, because I work with a few Wexford people, I do like the idea of Wexford just being tipped out of the top tier just to see, you know, what, how they suffered out of John McDonough. It might make people change their mind about second tier competitions, you know, when they see one of their greats, you know, put into the uh, the Grand National for only, only runs of uh, hurling. So it might make people change their mind a little bit. Um, but yeah, great day. And many more to come hopefully <laughs> yeah like because I'd imagine, I'd imagine even for the game this weekend like there'll probably be a bit of a carnival atmosphere I'd, I'd imagine yeah. as well like in the the players will probably get roared coming onto the pitch um and and there'll be a real a real feel-good factor like I'd imagine the confidence you know for the opening 10-15 minutes like the I, I'd imagine the lads will be flying now if Antrim start well and and dish out a few early blows then maybe that's when you know the confidence might wane mm-hmm. ever so slightly but like definitely with the fans and everything else, like you'd imagine, you'd imagine the players would be walking out feeling ten foot tall, especially after after what they done last week. Yeah, it's funny actually you say that because um, my cousin she won. I was uh, doing the commentary for the ladies minor finals there last week, and my cousin played in the West Mead when they beat Offaly, and they were presented at the next ladies game at halftime, uh, the West Mead Wexford senior game um, on Saturday, and one the one of my mates turned to me. Um, or one of my mates texted me then um, after the hurling who was there with me at that game and said should we get the Westmead lads at half time to like be presented to the crowd you know for beating Wexford like it's that big a deal here like people who may not know like West diehard Westmead hurling fans there's so many of them here and lads who know different to any Galway like Kenny will give their life for hurling and get no rewards out of it and that essentially was for many of them winning Liam McCarthy because you know it's just it's a surreal moment and to do it in the manner they did like completely defied logic I don't think Matthew has come up with a, a stat yet to prove that it's not the greatest uh biggest turnaround in hurling history in the championship I, I haven't is, seen yeah. anyone yeah I haven't seen anyone I know those league wins that have been slightly turned around bigger, bigger turnarounds but um carnival atmosphere expect I expect Hughes Power to be pretty full um or at least the stand side full anyway which it nearly is for the hurling game so and the cameras are going to be there and it's it's going to be big for them and they're going to be under the spotlight now to see if they can follow it up and it's it's new territory for them and that's where going back to joe fortune saying we don't want moral victories i see why he doesn't want them because we're used to taking moral victories and trying to build on them and most of the time not building on them and getting slower worse the next day but now we have an actual victory to go by. It could be, it could be a turning point in Westmead Hurling. It's not going to turn us into Galway or Kenny overnight or Limerick or whoever. But it's it's there that will forever be in the records to say Westmead Miracle. Yes, that's exactly the title you should have gone for good. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's it's there and they can't ever be taken away. Like it should be. I know this sounds you know one game and it sounds like God like how bad are Westmead but. We're not, it's not that we, we should frame the photos from that and put them. There's a, plenty of pictures in the tunnel in Cusick Park 
going into dressing rooms, it should be stuck up beside them. Like it, it is that big for us, and it's it could be life changing. It could be hurling changing for Westmead going forward, and it's just amazing. I I still haven't quite got over it, like genuinely when the lads were texting me, these WhatsApp groups were hopping, going, "You watching? You watching?" I was going, "Watching what? Like we're being murdered." And it just turned around. I I don't think it'll happen again. Um, in the distant future, I don't think you'll ever see a turnaround of that. And between a perceived uh, minnow team in some ways, and a team that's ch- was challenging for the All Ireland, you know, semi final not that long ago. So, yeah, yeah, is that, is that someone say bizarre? Is that the, yeah? I think that's the word I would use as well. I, I can't think of any other word to describe it. Insanity, you know, it was the definition of insanity for Westmead. You know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results each time but it actually worked we were doing the same thing for most of that game and it didn't work and then suddenly it just started to work so you know it just it takes it takes something miraculous and that was our that was our miracle that was our was it miracle in medina was the Ryder cup we'll take like what the miracle in wexford or the chadwick's mm-hmm. park whatever it is down there so um we'll take another one on sunday now as well hopefully fingers crossed and you reckon what, what do you reckon then will he be be antrim nick it maybe <clears throat> I I'm gonna say we will. Um, I think frees have become so crucial for weaker teams. I'm gonna call them weaker teams. I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but I think for us it becomes so crucial. Like Killian Doyle would knock over ten, eleven, twelve frees a game. Generally, even in the slaughterings, he'd still knock them over, and it's become a a big thing for us to be able to have a good free taker to keep us in games, even if we are behind, and. I can see us. I can see us getting a lot of frees. Where you know we'd be quite physical. We win a lot of frees in games. We tend to win an awful lot compared to other teams that I've noticed. Um, so I think we could sneak it, and it could come down to a, a free on the sideline near the stand, last puck of the game, and we could sneak it that way. And I would take that all day long. I think it would be even better than winning by five or six. Funnily enough, just to win it in such drama like we did the last day to do it again would just boost the energy even further but i'll go with us by i'll go with us by one the barest of victories but i'll take it yeah 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 like i fancy is as well as well like i think it might even be a draw maybe maybe might nick it by one or two points um i just the think yeah, like, will call it <laughs> yeah yeah who knows it might, might have to be a, a statue maybe outside uh outside cusick park or, or something of some nature really if, yeah. you, if you do go and uh and pull it off but yeah no I, I fancy about one or two points like i just think uh, to be honest i haven't seen enough probably of westmead or antrim to really give an actual accurate mm-hmm. prediction but like i just think i just think they like if you like after doing that against wexford like like surely like the buzz and the excitement amongst the players yeah. and i just think they'll start that bit better um in in my opinion but but there we go <laughs> I suppose the, head, of... the headline writes itself as well doesn't it joe fortune the headline is writing yeah. itself already <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah, no, like I think, yeah, like and and I think as well, like I think Antrim have nearly put probably more at times in because like they put like good displays against Dublin, they put up huge, you know, they they fought really tooth and nail against Wexford. I felt like like Westmead are almost saving themselves for these two crucial games because of the fact that they almost meant more in some ways. Like, probably true. Yeah, um, like as I said, when the when the paper messaged me before the Wexford game. It, the message essentially said, Baron, some kind of miracle here. Will you do the relegation game next week? 
And at halftime of the Wexford game, I was debating what will I write this relegation article. So I'd already started coming up with ideas for the article before the Wexford game had thrown in. So, and I, my mind, I was kind of going, that was nearly one of my things was Westmead would surely would have targeted this game the same way Antrim would have as the one to win and not ignore all the rest, but just accepting the rest, probably not going to go your way and take whatever you can from it, which, you know, as I said, Joe Fortune hates doing, but, you know, it's where we are. And then it just, in the space of 12 minutes, it just turned it and said, was it 3-5, I think, in the last nine minutes we scored? Like, that's, we struggle to score 3-5 in a lot of games. Like, never never mind the last nine, 10 minutes of a game, you know, there were 16 points behind and it's, yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, Antrim will definitely have looked at this before all the fixtures as the same way that we looked at it. And they're probably still looking at it the same way. They they do look at it as we need to win this one, you know, just to just to make sure. Because if they win it and realistically Wexford will probably lose their other game, um, they're gone. You know, it's it's a bizarre state of affairs, but it's in some ways it's great for Hurland. Sometimes the best it takes the best to fall sometimes to make things more interesting. So um we'll see what happens on Sunday. I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge Antrim to victory just to see what would happen next year with Wexford in the Joe McDonough and just to see how how far have they actually fallen or was it just a terrible season and a terrible blip that if mm. they come out next year and they got relegated to Joe McDonough, they come out next year and they walls through it, then fair enough, you go, okay, bad season, Darry Egan just made a mess of something, players just dropped the ball. But imagine if they went into Joe McDonough and struggled, like, that would be for hurling it wouldn't be great but for spectators it's a whole story in itself you know and it, it could happen after sunday it could be reality like it's <laughs> it's 70 minutes away from being reality put it that way that wexford are out of the top teams in the country which yeah. for hurling enthusiasts and traditionalists that's not acceptable really yeah, yeah, and I, and I don't think it's anything personal with Wexford. You know, I think if it was Kilkenny or Galway or maybe even Dublin, I think people would be reacting the same way. Maybe they'd actually be more happy if if if, if they were maybe if one of them were yeah. were possibly getting relegated. Um, I think it's just probably because of the novelty. Like you sort of had those four sides: Wexford, Dublin, Kilkenny, Galway as your sort of front four. It'd almost be like if say if Kerry got promoted in the Joe McDonough and Waterford ended up in the in the Joe McDonough, like. It would just be, it's just unusual, you know, that way. It's a bit mm. like a bit like in the Premier League, if Everton get relegated, you know, like it's a bit a bit yeah. unusual to see them down in the second division. It makes it, just makes it fascinating to see how mm. they do there. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, obviously, obviously nothing, nothing against Wexford, in fairness there. But I suppose before that's we, we say, finish. I do saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I might have yeah. my own personal battles in work against Wexford people, so. You've got, you've got a few hidden agendas. Yeah, yeah, mostly against Wexford and Kilkenny people. So, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. In fairness, in fairness, Dublin Wexford have have had a few feisty, few feisty rivalries now in the last, the last couple of seasons as well, and um, especially last year in Wexford Park, like it was a fairly, probably, yeah. fairly close game. Like I think it was one, yeah. one or two points this year, fairly close as well. Um, so there's certain, there certainly has is a few rivalries between Dublin and Wexford in the last few seasons, but. In terms of player of the week and, and bet of the week from the football action, like what are you thinking? Uh, oh, let me think. Um, I had something, so it went out of my head when I came on. 
Uh, I would probably, if I really wanted to make money, I would probably go, because it's so tempting me now since I've said it, that draw between Lowe's and Cork. It's so mm. tempting. Like, I haven't got to look up the odds yet, but I'd say there must be some money to be earned on that. Um, mm. One to watch out for for the weekend, player-wise. Uh, realistically, realistically, it's probably going to be one of the Dublin lads, I would say, one of the Dublin forwards, or even one of the running halfbacks, like somewhere on the line. Um, I'm going to say possibly Mannion. I think he's just starting to really get into it, and he could be he he could be on fire at the weekend. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe you know I'd love to I'd love to pick a Monaghan lad and say you know that they might have a great day out. Um, and then I'll just go for uh for Kieran Doyle, Westmead Earners. <laughs> just uh just an absolute hero or Niall O'Brien. I'll take either of them. To be honest, I couldn't care less if it's Noel Connery in goals who hits the winner free. Like I don't care. Just some Westmead player. Um, a few of them, I think, made the hurling team of the week um, last week. So I'm delighted for them because a lot of them, like a lot of them at Castletown, who won the, the county title um, here last season, the senior, and, you know, going into county, then different, totally different thing where they're going from top tier down to, you know, fighting for fighting for scraps, really. So it was great for Johnny Birmingham and those kind of lads to get in on the, get on the team, um, team of the week. So... I'll go, I'll go for the draw between Loud and Cork. I know I predicted Loud victory, but just the temptation of a draw in that one is just, yeah, Paddy Power might uh, might get a visit from me at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like I think yeah, like I'm I'm not much of a betting man. In fairness, I try, I try stay away, but sometimes every now and again you do get tempted in. You do see yeah. something. And Be fairness is probably probably not a lot this week. Um, but then again, I did think mm. that last week. Um, and I wonder. If, I haven't heard any stories anyway of, of anyone who put any money on Westmead to, to beat Wexford, but say if you did a half time, you might have um you might have broke the bookies. That'd be a bit like Leicester's Premier League win or something or something nuts like that. I'd say yeah, yeah. I I can't imagine any sane human being even considered anything. <laughs> the only bet you would have put on at half time is you know can Wexford win by more than thirty or forty or something. That's the way it was taken. Um, there's probably yeah, as you said, you know, bad ways and picking out teams and stuff this weekend. It's probably, it's probably less far loud than Cork. Maybe it's quite potentially a tight game. There's kind of Derry, Dublin. You know, there's there's a few, oh, dare I say, obvious winners. I said that during the week and that went really wrong. Um, there's probably a few maybe more favourable victors in some of the games. Um. Maybe like an accumulator is probably the way to go and improve improve your improve your weekend a little bit with the the odds there. But one of them is bound to let you down. Like it always happens. Like I, rare that I do them, but anytime I do, it's just I'm like, why did I bother? Because you know, Man City will lose to Southampton or something. You know, won the games. You know, that's just the way it goes. It's the same. You know, Ross Campbell will probably be Dublin by twenty seven points now in Crow Park just to ruin it all for me. You know. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, I think. Think if that happened, I think um I think there'd probably be, have to be a national holiday or something. I think everyone would be absolutely delighted. Um, other than us oh, yeah. clubs, of course. <laughs> um, we 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 yeah we'd we'd have to hibernate for the for the rest of the year. But yeah, no, I think in terms of, I think in terms of player of the week, I'd probably go Kieran Kilkenny. I think you'd expect him to have a big game mm. against Ross Common. Like if they are gonna 
suppose try and frustrate us and, and make life difficult. Um, so probably probably go Kieran Kilkenny um, as as my player of the week or one to watch, I suppose, for for the week. Um, I suppose before we go, your, your own show, Low for Bread podcast, like where can people find that or any of your own work if they're uh, if they're looking find it, looking to find it? Yeah, it's um, mostly Instagram, Twitter is kind of what I send a post and haven't recorded now in nearly a year for different reasons moving house and maybe Tomas uh, came along and we're expecting number two in September so but in some ways it's been kind of nice not recording I've kind of got to get in touch with teams around the world a little bit more a lot of my stuff what I do is is international GA as well and obviously the world games coming up now in Derry Um, I hopefully have some big news for that in the next week or so that I'm excited about and um, it'll hopefully be able to it's not finalized yet but it'll hopefully be something i'll be able to announce soon um and i suppose i have to give a, I have to give a shout out to casey sports as well it's bizarre to say that i'm sponsored by the same crowd as the two johnnies but casey sports are literally like down the road here so um the lads in there got in touch recently and asked could they use my design for a jersey so i said yeah why not so this is the uh Deadly jersey that came out and they gave me bucket hats and mugs and uh, deadly zip-up hoodie. So it's all gone grand. Commentary, mostly and with the ladies' commentary on their YouTube and the Leinster stream. I'm with Jerome Quinn as well. A lot of people would know Jerome from his commentary. Um, and then anyone who wants to buy the Westmead topic, by all means. I'm not sure why you would, unless you're from Westmead. But um, yeah, I've... Uh, they asked me to start a new weekly article in it. It's called From the 45. So it's kind of like your, you know, standard player in the independent writing their debate kind of article thing. Um, and I do it every week. It's 99% GA. There might be the odd non-GA one in there. But yeah, that's pretty much it. So if anyone wants to buy the jerseys and stuff or the mugs, please go on to Casey Sports. You'll find the local bright stuff there. Um, the competition going on at the moment. It's actually finished to Friday. It's finished Friday. Uh They've given me a few of the jerseys to give away, so um, find it on the Instagram page. But it's mostly, mostly in Instagram is where I tend to wander around. Uh, one of the stories there is a good Jersey World Cup. The Jersey World Cup 2023 is up and running, which has proven to be a big hit the last two years. Which is why I was forced by 600 teams to do it again. So I'm, I'm having a good crack doing that. Um, and it's a good promotion for a lot of teams as well. Um, I've read some of the comments here actually that we didn't get them put up on the screen that are uh, quite quite interesting. Um, I can see if a few interesting ones there. Yeah, I can see what some of them maybe were start some several, several debates about referees and stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now there's usually there's usually always back and forth in the in the comments. Yeah. I just kind of let them let let them flow, let them air it out. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me on. Though I appreciate it. Good to see you again. Yeah, no bother at all, Jason. And um, yeah, I suppose cheers to anyone who, who obviously tuned in. Um, if you could could leave a like, uh, subscribe, make sure to check out Jason's show uh, as well. That'd be much appreciated. And uh, yeah, well, we'll done speak to you four thousand actually, didn't you? you get four thousand YouTube subscribers. Yeah, I did yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no mean feat. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it's it's taken a while. In fairness, just a couple of years. Um, but we, look, we 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 got there eventually. Anyway, we got there. Um. So hopefully, hopefully, anyway, we can keep keep pushing forward, and then um, yeah. yeah, who knows? You know, f- five thousand maybe maybe might be on the agenda at some point. But no, like big big thank you to the to the obviously the to everyone who's followed as well, to everyone who's watched the show, and 
everything else like it's you know without them it wouldn't be possible so it's much much appreciated and then obviously the likes of yourself matthew all the lads who usually come on you know without without them as well we wouldn't be able to to continue so um yeah no it's, it's great it's great you know it's it's great news you know and, and definitely cause for yeah. a bit of a celebration on friday yeah exactly yeah here to the next four thousand so 